0: So a friend of mine just got a new house and invited me over. Told me to make myself at home. So I threw him out. I hate visitors. There are Jews in the world. There are Buddhists. There are Hindus and Mormons and then there are those that follow Mohammed's but I've never been one of them. How is your faith these days, Father? Oh Lord, oh, you are so big, so absolutely huge. Do you think maybe he's compensating for something? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. What do we learn? I don't know, sir. I don't fucking know either. Welcome, greetings, and salutations. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, welcome. If this is not, uh, welcome back. And I hope you've subscribed and given me five stars on old Spotify. Now... This is the second week of Lent, and there's a lot of stuff going down. That means we're getting closer and closer to Easter. I haven't looked to see when Easter is, but that is always the busiest week of the year. I don't know what I'm going to do here for Easter, but I know it's going to be something. Anyway, our reading this week is fun. It's from Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. Moving right along, I guess you could say. Um, It's a fun reading. It is... The first time, well, not really first time, but it is a very specific time that Jesus takes a look towards Jerusalem and the end of his road. It's pretty neat how we just slowly move forward and forward towards that end result that we know is coming. Um, hope you enjoyed the dirty jokes. Honestly, I love starting out with a joke. Anyway, I think that's all for me. Why don't we get right into the gospel? and then right into what i got to say about it. What do you think? I think that's a good start. All right, let's go. Luke, chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, listen. I'm casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, the next day, I must be on my way. Because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. I have a confession to make whenever I hear this particular reading when I'm doing all this stuff whatever you want to call it I always get stuck with the idea about the fox you know so I got a couple questions for you actually just one major one can you spot a pretender you know that poser that person who maybe holds a high level position and a high level of bravado that's actually pretty low on that follow-through that jerk who issues threats, but when confronted himself goes and hides behind the staff. He's usually sneaky, inept, degenerate, cowardly. Some of them even have that, you know, that little phrase comes to mind, you know, uh, promoted to their own ineptitude. I don't know. The fact of the matter is, though, they tend to, you know, hurl accusations and warnings but would turn and run if contra- confronted by the person they're trying to warn and intimidate. You know, that uh loner who needs the approval of his colleagues and peers, but doesn't care how he gets it. Yeah, that's the description of the fox. Herod, the Tetrarch of Galilee. While Jesus mentions false prophets as wolves, he reserves the branding Fox, just for Herod. (laughs) You know, Matthew chapter 7 says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. Yeah, wolves were those who disguised themselves as good people while they're actually wicked and corrupt. They looked and acted just like sheep should, but their hearts were that of a predator from Aesop to early church fathers the idea of a wolf could easily disguise as a sheep just went with the idea that they were a similar size and coloring the clever wolf looks and acts like a sheep but that's a dangerous predator that Fox however yeah the Fox can't disguise as a sheep The fox must do something different to attack that prize, you know, gotta get that chicken. So, the fox doesn't try to look, or act, or behave like a sheep. Instead, he pretends to be an extra vicious predator, but goes after those weak, in a sneaky and sly way. And when confronted, they bolt. The wolf may be a master of disguise, stealthy, clever, but in turn, the fox is sneaky, he's sly, he's a scoundrel. The wolf is a family-oriented canine, a social animal that lives and hunts and packs and is loyal to his own kind. The fox is a solitary hunter, untrusted even by the wolf. In the end, that fox is untamable and a lawyer, and we all know where our dogs came from. Jesus described Herod to a T. I mean, if you put a wolf, coyote, dog, and a fox together in a pen, the fox would be the antagonist. And then the opportunist. So, you know. We can tell that Jesus just had a disdain, a, a, a disrespect for Herod. This one who just killed his cousin, that missionary and prophet, John the Baptizer. Not only does Herod have John beheaded, but he did so at such a silly request of his illegitimate wife. Just to keep face at the banquet. You know, he was a Jew. He looked up to John in a way. By allowing his brutal death, he not only betrayed himself and his identity, but also his God's vision. Jesus also knows that Herod is essentially a coward. He's weak because ever since Jesus began his mission and his ministry, Herod has been cowering in superstitious fear, suspecting that Jesus may be John back to haunt him. Ain't that some guilt for you? So here's Herod acting powerful and threatening. Jesus just sees him as pathetic. He's weak. Just a little sneak. A morally bankrupt man, a scoundrel. He has no idea who he is and therefore can't stand in his own power. So here is Jesus, sarcastic, angry, distaste, just with a dirty taste in his mouth, standing up to Herod, getting into his face, so to speak, talking back to him without fear of retaliation and provoking him with no expectation of reprisal. He is literally looking Herod in the face and saying, bring it. I'd like to see you try to take me out. And Jesus knows who he's dealing with. In fact, later when Jesus is arrested, Herod wants nothing to do with it and passes him off immediately to Pontius Pilate. Herod is apparently just cowardly. He wants to pass the buck and so he can evade the responsibility. Now that doesn't make him less of a predator. It just makes him too opportunistic, so to speak. He'd rather have some do the dirty work and him take, you know, some essence of, Oh, well, it wasn't me, but he'll profit from it. have no doubt. And Jesus knew where he'd be walking into something far more threatening than Herod. For Herod, he had no time. There were bigger fish in that frying pan. We can't know whether Jesus three days were a literal number of days. He spent traveling through Galilee or whether he's referring to the three days it would take before his resurrection, but we know that his eyes, mind, and heart were resting on Jerusalem. Don't we? I mean, the 34th verse is just simply a sadness. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill prophets and stone those who were sent to you. How often I wanted to gather your people just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you did not want that. It seems kind of comedic that Jesus's metaphor for himself during this lament is a chicken, usually the favorite prey of a fox. But by the time Jesus gets to Jerusalem, he's become the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, not the helpless, defenseless, easy to snatch chicken trying to protect her young. But the temple sacrificial lamb, the honored one, the one who takes upon himself the sins of all God's people through his willing death. For Jesus's plan is God's plan, and he is a volunteer, not prey, A willing sacrifice, not a victim. While the way of the fox is cowardice, the way of this lamb is victory. And the true strength comes from sacrificial love, authenticity, and truth. Within days, Jesus will stand face to face with his accusers and offer himself to be chosen for slaughter. He's not going to run. He's not going to hide. He won't back down. He will stand before them in God's holy strength because his power lies in who he is, his identity as Messiah and the son of God. His courage lies in what he knows comes ahead. And that's the way of the Lamb. God's way, the way of truth, hope, love, the way of courageous discipleship, the way of early Christians who would not would refuse to deny their faith in Jesus, despite the threat of injury, torture or death, the way of people around the world still today, who would give up their lives for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of truth and love. Today, in this time of Lent, as Jesus slowly makes his way to face his accusers and bear the cross, let's find ourselves a way to bear our own, to find our sacrificial love. So we, too, can follow the way, truth, and life of God's Holy Lamb. So let me know how you're doing this Lent. Let me hear it. Talk to me, find me, let's do this thing. Amen. I'm telling you, I wanna keep doing this until the cows come home. I really enjoyed the time you're spending listening to this and I hope to see you next time. Lent three, hooray. I don't really have anything else to say. Find me in the link down below. I hope to see you around. Share this with your friends. See what they think, too. Peace.